0: Welcome to another episode of Career Library, the place where real people talk about real life careers. Now let me introduce to you your host in the red trunks weighing in at 220 pounds, the lean, mean, colorful commentator and intricate interviewer, the awesome and entrepreneurial, Chris, hold the phones, it's Jones. Welcome to another episode of Career Library. I'm your host, Chris Jones. And today we've got a very special guest with us. Daryl Creasy he has a very interesting background, entrepreneur, um, was a helicopter pilot, has done some really great things. And so I'm excited to talk to him today a little bit about his history and what he's doing now to uh, make a living. And so um without further ado we got daryl Cre- Creasy. thank you daryl so much for being on our show today Good to
1: be here chris yes yeah, good to see yes, you it's a long time we yeah. uh
0: little known fact daryl and i had a a, a radio show many, many oh, years ago the christian network <laughs> yes <laughs> a long time <laughs> ago fun. it was fun it was fun so yes but uh no i've known daryl for quite a long time and he's a great guy and so excited so daryl just share with us a little bit uh our listeners a little bit about your background your childhood um, where you went to high school sure. and school and stuff, yes.
1: Yeah, I was uh, born in 1966 uh, here in Houston, okay. but my uh, my parents got divorced. So I when I grew up, I grew up kind of partially in Corpus Christi and partially up here back and forth with my mom and dad. Um, I went to school down there, and uh, actually I wound up dropping out of high school in the 12th grade. So I'm a high school dropout. High school dropout. Yeah, wow. but I did get my GED, and I uh, joined the Coast Guard when I was 18 years old. Okay. So I I went. I have a degree now. I went to college. But okay. uh, my mom was uh, is Mexican, and my dad was a Irish bricklayer. Okay. And we lived in a 1,000 square foot house. Six of us, sometimes eight of us at a time, lived there, and one bathroom. So no air wow. conditioning till I was like 12 years old. Wow. And I, yeah, so it was, uh, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. Let's put it like that. We did a lot of work. Okay. Being a bricklayer, we just worked all the time. How
0: many brothers and sisters do you have?
1: I have uh, I have two sisters that are my sisters, but uh, I've had extensive uh, stepsisters and stepbrothers okay. that okay. I grew up with. So, okay, uh, big family, but my core family was just two sisters from my mom okay. and dad. Um, I did get out of the high school here in Houston when I joined the Coast Guard. I joined here okay. in 1985 and went straight to boot camp and okay. did my deal there. So I was enlisted. I started out as an E1. And if you don't know what an E1 is, it's the guy that's lower than a uh, snail slime. I mean, you're just at your bottom of the bucket. You're the maggot. Yeah. And I think, I think that really ingrained in me a work ethic. Yes. <clears throat> because I know people now that I meet that they kind of grew up, you know, had affluent, they had money and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And they don't really have that work ethic. They don't, they don't know what to do when things stop. They don't know how to drum stuff up. Mm-hmm. You always got to be able to drum, so do something. Um, so I kind of learned that when I was coming up. And then in the Coast Guard, that just taught you respect, you know, for authority and, and how to handle yourself around peers of all different flavors. And you're all, you're all worm dirt. You're all snail slime. So when you go through something like that, it gives you a great respect for everybody because you're all cleaning toilets. You're all having to stand in line. You're all right. having to do all this stuff. And you're just, you're just a servant, essentially. You're just doing your job. I kind of got lucky in that I always had a motivation to do better in the coast guard. So I would take all my tests early and strive to do things. And what I'll back up just what really motivated me to join the coast guard instead of anything else was Mm -hmm. when I was 10 years old in Corpus Christi in 1976, the coast guard had a demonstration at this fair that they have called Bay Fest. It was the first year they ever had it. And I remember seeing this helicopter do the demonstration. They had a, came out of, came out of Corpus, went to the bay and we were watching and they hovered and they lowered a guy down and, you know, picked up were, a dude. I was 10 years old. 10 years old. Okay. Yeah. And I said, man, if I ever joined the military, I said, that would be cool. And then by the time I was 19, 20 years old, that's exactly what I was doing. So awesome. after that, it was just Coast Guard, Coast Guard. I got married when I was 22 to a girl in the Coast Guard and we've since divorced, but um, I kept on striving. So it, the age of I think I was 24, I got selected to go from I was in Puerto Rico, that's where I was stationed. Okay. and I got selected to go to North Carolina to work in a specialty which was vibration analysis. So it was only two of us in the whole Coast Guard of, whole Coast Guard aviation that did vibration analysis, me and my chief. And so we traveled around the country, I mean Alaska, everywhere you, we had Coast Guard stations and we taught people how to do reduction of vibration. In dynamic systems which was aircraft so I became a real specialist there okay. um, at that job I kept trying to do more and more and an opportunity came up for what was called a pep program it was a pre-commissioning program for enlisted personnel I fit the bill because I was going to college I had en- enrolled in college and my college was in Virginia so I was driving after work from North Carolina to Virginia, which was about eighty miles wow. each way to attend class a couple times a week, but I was in a bachelor's program. So this, this program that I got select finally got selected for it said you had to be in college, you had to be in a four year program, you had to be in E five, and you were able to apply. But I had to get a letter from my school saying that I could finish my degree in two years. Well, I was only in my first year. So I went up there and I said <laughs> Can I finish if I take, like, double and triple load? They're like, well, yeah, you can. I said, just put it on the paper then. (laughs) They're like, well, most people don't do that. I said, I need that to be put on paper, and I need to be able to do it so I can submit. Right. They're like, there's no reason you can't. Just got a commitment. So I did that, and I got selected for that program. That's how I wound up in officer candidate school and subsequently flight school and then flying helicopters in the Coast Guard. Okay. Do you do you still have a license to
0: fly helicopter? I do.
1: I'm an airline transport
0: pilot, CFI, and all, right. all that stuff. I can still fly. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, the uh, the airline pilot that we had on here a couple of weeks ago, he was talking. It's just basically like getting a driver's license. Yeah. It's just crazy. That that never. The only thing that line. happens is you age out. You age out. Yeah. Okay.
1: Before I got my pilot's license, though, when I in the Coast Guard, my my school, my job, my first job that I went to in training was to yeah. be an aircraft mechanic. Okay. So in North Carolina, I went to school to be an aircraft mechanic, got stationed in Puerto Rico, then went back to North Carolina to serve as an aircraft mechanic in that vibration uh, analysis deal. So I was a mechanic before I was ever a pilot. And okay. that really helped with systems and things like that. And I kind of got an engineering mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I, after I went to officer candidate school, I went through flight training in Pensacola, Florida, where all the naval f- flight guys go and the Marine Corps, they all go there. Right. I graduated high there, and uh, then I went to Corpus Christi. That was my first station as a pilot. Okay. So I talked about it in here in just a couple of minutes. That was 10 years of my 20-year 20 career. Yeah. Yeah, here I am a pilot, so I started flying. And again, I wanted to do more, so I put in for one of the more elite programs, which was the aeronautical engineering program. And I got accepted to that program and became an aeronautical engineering officer. Wow! So I had a bachelor's degree in aeronautics. I was an aeronautical engineering officer. I was a, a helicopter pilot. Um, I was a flight instructor, and I did all this stuff in the Coast Guard. And I don't do any flying now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so did you retire from the Coast Guard? I did. You I spent retired twenty years. In? Mm-hmm. That's I great. Did that. Yes.
1: Um, in, ni- in 2003, <clears throat> well, I moved to Houston in 2001. Okay. From Corpus. And I came up here to be the aeronautical engineering assistant. So I came up here, and uh, we rented an apartment for a few months, I guess, and then I bought a house. And when I bought the house, we were going through the whole process of buying, right? And I had, one, had houses before, but I never had them inspected. So this house, the, uh, the real estate agent's like, well, you got to have it inspected. You need to have it inspected. I'm like, well, I kind of know what I'm looking at. They're like, no, you got to have it inspected. I said, all right, well, I'll pay for it. <laughs> So some dude comes over to the house, and he's there for like an hour and a half. And back then they just wrote it on paper. There was no pictures or anything. He charged me 375 bucks, and I'm like, "He didn't do nothing." I'm like, "Wait a minute! (laughs) How many of these can a guy do in a day? What does it take to get your license?" There's that entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what? I I like that business model Uh right there. And by 2003, I had my license. And I had opened up my own business at So, that point.
0: so what does it take? So you're, you're a licensed inspector. Are you Correct. licensed by the state, right? Correct, yes. Okay. So what is the process to get that license? Do I have to have a college degree to get that license? No. Okay. No. So somebody coming out of high school could actually go out and study this program yep. and get licensed license. Can you explain what that, sure. that process is?
1: Sure. Um, there's two routes, actually. You can do what's called the education route and then challenge the state and national test. So... It used to be, it, till very recently, they had they had changed from 126 hours to like 400 and something hours of education okay. to be able to qualify to sit for this test, and you had to do all these ride-alongs and stuff. Now they've brought it back to like I think it's 210 hours, okay. but you can take all the classes, you can pay for them, you can study, you can do all of that, pass the classes. Challenge the state test and challenge the uh, national test, and you can become a professional real estate inspector. Okay. That's one route. The other route is to go and be an apprentice. Mm -hmm. So you find somebody that's been in the business for a long time and is able to do that for you. They take you on as an apprentice. They train you. You still have to do classes, but not as many, and uh, you still have to take both tests. But once you do that, it's a little faster. Okay. You become a real estate inspector. So it goes apprentice, real estate inspector, and then professional inspector, and then what I call a journeyman inspector that can train people. So there's a couple of routes there. Mm -hmm. Um, I challenged it, and I did the testing. I just became a a professional. Uh, At that point, though, I didn't really... Know what i was doing even though i had a license
0: <laughs> right yeah it's kind of like a uh i have an insurance background and you walk out of the test and i'm like I, yeah I, I know the facts about stuff but I, how does this play out to explaining it to a, a real person yeah, yeah and
1: what i how i coach guys i get calls all the time because everybody's interested, or a lot of people are interested in you know becoming an inspector so mm-hmm. they'll look on the list and they'll call hey i'm interested in this i said mm-hmm. okay i'm just i'll pose you with this scenario how about if I just give you your license? Here, you got it. Now what? What do you mean? I said, who's going to hire you? Do right. you have a license to fly drones? Do you do pest control, uh, termite inspections? You know, do you have the equipment? You know? So you've got to be thinking, yeah, but you also have to think way in front of that because mm-hmm. a lot of people that actually get into the inspection business, they wash out because they don't know the, they don't know the business side of it. Right. They can go out and kind of do inspections, but they don't know how to
0: make money. Right. That's right. the hard part. That's the hard part. Yes. So um, so you you spent this 3 years getting your license. Did you work with somebody as a journeyman or you just no, went out and No, no, I just
1: uh, I just went out and challenged the test. Okay. Uh, I got a lot of the uh, credits uh, granted to me from the, from the from the state because I had been in construction like basically my whole life and okay. and when I was uh, some of the jobs I had before I was an engineer in the Coast Guard mm-hmm. were facilities maintenance. So I managed, you know, 40,000 square foot hangars. All okay. of the systems so you, involved. So I had a lot of education. Okay. And uh I just challenged the test, but my <clears throat> my first inspection I got was from some Coast Guard guy that I knew was moving into the state. And I'm like, okay, well, this is my first inspection. I didn't really know how to do inspections. I had met an inspector at the gym. <laughs> at the gym. And he was That's super I mean. nice guy. Most of my contacts are from the it gym. Was awesome. <laughs> he was awesome. He's really super faithful, religious guy, and his name was Tunga. And uh-huh. uh I said, Tunga. I got my license and everything. Cause I talked to him in the gym every morning. How's it right. going? Yeah. I said, I got my first inspection. Would you come help me? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'll come and I'll show you what we do. Oh, so great. after that, it's just been, and that was in
0: 2003. Wow. So yeah, I've been doing it about 18 years now. So you've been doing the inspections. So in the early years you talked about making money, um, with the military background, you, you have those organizational skills. I, I was in the military myself, mm-hmm. so I understand that aspect of it. And, um, what was kind of like? So as you as you began the journey, you, you just kind of started with this guy, one guy. Mm. Um, how much did you make on that first deal? Do you know? I don't even
1: know how much I charged. And probably two hundred fifty bucks. Because I'm okay. learning. You know,
0: right? And so, when did the reality set in for you that I need to become profitable? I guess when you, when you yeah. started out through those first couple of years, kind of go into that because yeah. there's a lot of people that want to call themselves entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. but they don't understand the dirty, gritty part of those right. beginning years of all the hours and all that stuff. If you wouldn't mind just sharing yeah. with us that.
1: Um, the one thing I, I think about anybody that's working right now, they're in a job and they say, mm-hmm. well, I want to go do this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Be real careful because I was able to do the inspection route while I had a job, okay, so you were still okay, making yeah I didn't job. need the money to survive all right, and I would caution anybody that tries to step into something when they don't really have that income stream behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, we did in 2014 we bought a pest control franchise okay and I kind of i don't know, it didn't make it, but it was it was for many reasons, in part. My reason part to the franchise guys. we wound up getting the franchise back for free with no encumberment, and now it's doing very well. But I didn't look at the backside of that. And the one thing that I would tell anybody in any business
2: mm-hmm.
1: don't buy it, don't commit to it, don't spend any money until you absolutely have to have it. because I had gone through a couple of business models. I'm an author also. Okay. so right before I got out right before I retired in the Coast Guard, we wrote a book. I actually wrote two books. First book I wrote was by a publish house and it went through all of that and it was great. But I had this vision that I was gonna make a bunch of money writing books (laughs) and we had a business model with the backside. It was teaching people how to build computers and then we were gonna sell them the packages. Okay. Well, we found we had we got offices, we got a phone system and we were all ready to do this. Well the phone didn't ring, you know, so we just didn't it didn't work and that just completely flopped. I've had three or four of those that flopped uh-huh. and uh, a lot of money down the drain. Mm-hmm. But like they say, if you're not failing, you're not trying. Right. So it really took a while for us to, to get to making money. So don't quit your job okay. until you have to, okay. until your side hustle becomes all encompassing, mm-hmm. you're, making, you're making more money over there, or, you're, or you see the vision, if I quit my job, I can devote more time to this and increase the income, mm-hmm. but don't quit your job until you have that income and the real good
0: vision on how you're gonna make it. That's good advice. And so um, with the side hustle thing, I know that um, a lot of people that I've talked to in life, they get really frustrated because they're they're trying to work out, especially if they have a family, they're trying to work out that family aspect of things, you're getting pulled away, Mm -hmm. you're trying to do the side hustle, you're also working your full-time job, you're not, your mind on your full-time job isn't really there because you're no longer wanting to climb that corporate ladder. You're wanting this thing to work. And so kind of share with your experience of how, mm-hmm. that, how that happened in your life.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, that's, that's the one thing that an entrepreneur has to come to grips with is that you're going to be working about half a year. You pick the 12 hours a day you want to work. Right. Every day. Mine's about 14 hours every day. That's Saturdays and Sundays. Yes, sir. Um, my kids are mostly out of the house. We still have one young man, but he's in school and stuff, so we don't have any kids in the house. But it's that's a hard thing, and it it takes a toll on a relationship. You have to be real careful with that one because right. if your spouse and or your partner doesn't see the vision that you're committing all this time to, right. it can it can bring stress on 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 a relationship. I mean, I've been divorced once for many reasons, but that was part of it. Just I was never around. I was always mm-hmm. gone in the Coast Guard. I was like that too. I was married to her for eighteen years, and we were in the Coast Guard together. I was constantly deployed. I was never around, never I mean, around. and yeah. I understand her position and then then I go into this entrepreneur thing. well, I was in the coast Guard when I did this uh-huh so not only was I in the coast guard so gone, you were,
0: you were in the coast guard in o three yes i didn't retire
1: inspection. until five okay. okay, so I was developing this business and it, it was it was a lot of stress and you know you're your, your significant others thinking, well, what's the most important thing here? Is it, is it me and the family or is it this? Why is he doing this? And part? the yeah. entrepreneur is always thinking, yeah. well, this is for my family, right? You know, this is yeah. so we can do better. Yeah. Uh, you better make sure you're doing better. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I think, I think that that's, uh, and that's something that, you know, my wife and I, we, we, we've talked about all that before we started the businesses mm-hmm. that we've, we were involved in. And so, um, it's basically you as the entrepreneur, whether you're a female or male in a relationship, you have to explain to your partner in detail this is a long play. Mm-hmm. There's going to be like these two, three years of just life's going to be hard. And then, you know, hopefully, if everything yeah. goes according to plan, we're going to be at this position financially. And also, we'll be able to free up time in the future because we'll have uh, this availability. And so, it's just kind of playing that uh, selling. Not selling, but telling your spouse or and your children, you know, especially the children too, so that they have a working understanding. I think that that gets left off a lot of times.
1: Absolutely, uh, and um, it, any entrepreneurial endeavor works so much better if you're on the same page.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: If I've been in, I've been in the situation where you're not on the same page, mm-hmm. and it, it brings so much stress to a situation. It's it's hard. The relationship I'm in now, I'm married again, but she manages our pest control company, and I manage. We have assistance, but I manage the inspection company, and it works great because we're all on the same
0: goal. Right. So okay. Well, good deal. Good deal. And then, um, so how long did it take you to become profitable in the side hustle? I guess because you had a lot. How many years did you have left in the Coast Guard before you retired? I had
1: two years. Two years. And there's you got to watch out for variables. Okay. So when I retired, I thought number one this this book corporation that I got is going to make it. I'm doing inspections also. I never stopped doing inspections the whole time. I was always there, but I wasn't super doing a lot of them. So I was making money because it's a very low. Another thing to look at when you get into a business is is capital Uh and overhead and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And that's, like I said, don't buy it till you need it. Right. Be really certain that if you go out and you believe in this thing, you max out your credit cards or you borrow from your grandma or whatever you're doing, you're in debt and it better work out because if it doesn't, you just you're in debt. So mm-hmm. try not to go in debt the best you can unless it's super duper solid, something that's been done before and you can see that if I do A, B and C, D's going to come. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know those things and it's not a real right. solid deal. So <clears throat> in 2008 my business went to zero wow because of the, the stock market crash and the housing bubble okay cuz nobody was buying 2008, houses 2008 washed out a ton of inspectors they wow. just and in real estate agents and everything changed in 2008 in the real estate market it just you know mm. dot frank the whole craziness happened and it came to a complete absolute halt so you're looking at him and he's looking at you and he's like what do we do what are we going to do I wound up going back to flying helicopters because I was a licensed helicopter. I was still, okay. <clears throat> I'm not telling you every everything, but right. I, was fly, I was flying helicopters at the time for a corporation out of Baytown. It was a private corporation, and I was a corporate pilot, and I flew their little helicopter for them. Okay. So I was still able to do inspections and fly helicopters and all that stuff, but when the inspections stopped, I was like, okay, got to go back to flying full-time now. So I... Went to LifeLight and I got hired by LifeLight here in Houston. So I flew for LifeLight for seven years okay. until the housing market cleaned itself back up. So that's what I'm saying. If you put all your eggs in one basket, the basket could have a hole in it, right. or develop a hole, and you just don't know it's coming. So be real careful. You know, you know, putting your head in the noose
0: because yeah. <laughs> the stool might get yanked out from under you. And that's something I learned in uh, with the insurance <laughs> side of things when I opened up my agency. Uh, we had a real uh, we had a premium increase that took place in uh, 17, end of 16, 17. And I had just started in 16, and it ran off a lot of my business, and my eyes were open that I needed multiple streams <coughs> of income at that point. And then I started, you know, I started the, uh, well, last year I started the Christmas light business, which has been very successful, but uh, I've been able to branch off into some other things too. And so with that, you know, that, that reality is yes, you need a, you need a backup plan to a backup plan, backup plan. And that's kind of the military mm-hmm. aspect too, yeah. uh, is uh, that's ingrained in you when you're in the military is okay. Well, what's your backup plan if this fails? Yeah. You know, what's plan B? What's plan C? What's plan G? You know, uh, you're thinking in those terms. Um, you know, I, I hear these guys, these motivational, I listen to motivational YouTube every morning mm-hmm. when I get up, when I'm up cooking breakfast and stuff. And I always hear these guys, I, you know, I don't know why you have a plan B. You know, I'm like, you better have a plan B. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember which one of the one of the actors he's talking yeah. about. Oh, when I went, you know, if I if I failed, that was it. You know, I was like, well, if you got a family and kids and wife, mm-hmm. that that isn't an option. That's not reality. And I think that sometimes people uh, buy into that, like, oh, I don't need a plan B. No, you need a plan B yeah. all the way down to Z. Yeah, if you you're, you're one in a thousand. Let's talk <laughs> yes, to the right. other nine hundred and ninety-nine that yeah. didn't make it. Let's yeah, see what yeah, they have yeah, to say. Yeah, the other actors that fell on their face <clears> and uh, you know working somewhere else. But yeah, it's uh, it, the entrepreneurial world is very interesting and so um so you had a a little bit of an advantage because you had the pilot thing going on and Mm. then you had um the inspector side so you uh with being an inspector so realistically i know i've heard a couple numbers i think one was like 250 and one was like 375. so realistically how much and i don't want to get into all your business Mm. if somebody was starting off in the inspector world all right. They went through the journeyman process. How much? How much startup are they going to need to get started? What type of equipment are they going to need? It's
1: it's a low overhead business. That's why okay. I like it so much. Mm-hmm. It's there. You don't have any. Uh, you don't have any storefront or anything like that. Your office out of your house and your truck is essentially your office and your okay. equipment. So. Um, we did a business model for it, and it's about ten thousand yeah, dollars. And that's that's, cheap. that's that's getting a truck. Mm-hmm. That's getting uh you know a, an infrared camera, getting your drone license, stuff like that. Okay. So for about ten thousand dollars, you can you can equip yourself. It's not really that expensive. All right. Uh, the education is like two thousand dollars or twenty four hundred. dollars Of that ten thousand? No. So that would probably be, be on top. top. Okay. So <clears> about so twelve thirteen dollars Yeah, you're about somewhere. twelve thirteen, but you okay. got it does you don't spend it like that because you get your education you buy your tools you know it takes a few months to at least get in the business okay after that you're not going to be able to charge as much as everybody else be or as established guys because right. you're not known mm-hmm. and everything you're going to have to mm-hmm. do some friend favors and stuff you got to get in because that, that's the hardest part is is being able to sell yourself and be get and getting bought because right. there's so many other people out there and the business is very relationship built mm-hmm. and you're not dealing with buyers, you're dealing with real estate agents right. <clears throat> because they're in between you and that buyer. Right. Now you can, if you, look at, if you look at advertising, you never hear a commercial about inspections, ever. You get real estate mm-hmm. agents advertise, but you never hear an inspection commercial. You hear plumbing commercials and mm-hmm. pest control, but not an inspection, why? Because it doesn't matter what you tell really, I mean, you'll get a certain percentage by advertising, Mm -hmm. but you'll spend a lot. Believe it. Yeah. But if you advertise and you market and you create relationship with uh, real estate agents, they're the gatekeeper to that client. So that's why we were talking before the show went on as far as going to these marketing groups. If it isn't a real estate agent marketing group, it it really is not a benefit for me to go spend an hour there. It's not. And they say, you got to go twice a week or what? It's like, no, no, no. And it's, everybody wants to sell you something constantly everybody right, because that's yeah. their livelihood they're mm-hmm. selling you these marketing groups because they're making money off of them mm-hmm. and everything be very very targeted so if somebody started in this business uh start relationships early with real estate agents mm-hmm. you may get a few friends and family that will hire you to do their inspection but the agents are the big deal the base price for those guys coming into the market like that, that aren't doing the higher stuff, is probably like 375 to 400 on a base house, on just a regular house. It's a regular, okay. If you could build yourself up to doing three or four a week, there's your $1,600 a week. That's good money, you can mm-hmm. make it on that. Yeah. You just gotta get to that point. And I would recommend anybody getting in this business, create a relationship with another inspector, somebody that will mentor you, help you out if you're coming through the apprentice program Mm -hmm. you're going to wind up working for that guy that's why he's got you you're going to work for him he's going to he's going to feed you and he's going to develop you and everything else that's probably the best way Mm -hmm. if you go the the professional route the full education challenge test all that stuff i would still create a relationship with inspectors and maybe join some of the inspector um the inspector groups like uh terry and Taprea and stuff like that because you want to be with those guys because if they see something in you, they'll help you and you need help. Yeah. It, it, people get in this business really need help. You're not going to be able to feed your family right off the bat. You're just not. I've been here a long time. I've had six or seven guys try and fail with me mm-hmm. I Had one guy that was doing pretty good and decides he doesn't want to do it anymore. So, mm-hmm. um, it's difficult. But it's a, it's, it's a good job if you can, it's
0: a good business if you can get into it and make it work. Okay. So do you have people that work under you as inspectors or is I do. it pretty, pretty much all you?
1: No, I do. Okay. I did up till last week. I had one guy that I had trained that was working for us, but he decided to go do some other things. Okay. He, he didn't like pest control. He didn't so, like the pest yeah, so control. Yeah, so we do combination. We have right. a pest control company and the inspection, so our inspectors do both. And he didn't like that. <laughs>
0: so <laughs> so um, what's the name of your pest control company?
1: Uh, we are actually a veteran-centric company. So our okay. the, the overarching corporation and, and motto is My AmVet Company. My, so AmVet. My AmVet. American Veteran, My AmVet Company. And we it took us a long time to actually get that. It was okay. hard to do, but we got it. And we are corporations. Uh, we have two corporations, Creasy Co. and My AmVet Co. Okay. So those are under kind of one umbrella. And... Um, and then we market it that way as my MBA company, because we have vision for future things. We're actually right, doing right. more stuff now, and so, we have a footprint, a national footprint that right. we'd like to roll out, but that'll right. be
0: in the future a little bit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so um, so with the inspection service, um, starting out and making them, if you can network properly over the course of the first couple years, you're looking at making about $1,600 a week. On the good yeah, side. if you could get four, yeah, yeah, if you can get four a week, um, and then, so on the top end side, now you've been through all of that, so like a, I don't want to get into all mm-hmm. your business and everything. What realistically could you expect ten years down the road in the inspection side? As of long
1: thing? as the market holds, as long
0: as the market, as, as
1: long as the market holds mm-hmm. in uh in
0: twenty in twenty twenty,
1: with essentially one inspector, we did a quarter
0: of a million. Quarter of a million, okay. Mm -hmm. And that was just on the inspection side. And so, and that's with low overhead, you're Mm -hmm. just paying for gas and- uh, I do have an assistant, you know, and then we pay for the regular stuff, insurance, you know, and- All that good stuff. You know,
1: memberships and everything else that goes on. And the marketing, whatever else you do on that aspect. Okay. Now the pest control, we lost a quarter of a million when we bought- (laughs) in the first five years of the franchise, so now we're making money on
0: it. Now you're making money on but, it,
1: but yeah. So you see how it goes. So, yeah. Oh no, no, I
0: absolutely <laughs> understand all the startup costs and stuff like that. And so yeah, but you you're always looking at that long play. You're mm-hmm. looking at that. Okay, what does five years? What does ten years look like? Am I going to be able to uh, to be able to walk away and, and pay somebody else to run it for me? And looking at those aspects. So so with the um, uh, I know that you got these two businesses going on and I know that you work a lot of hours. So Mm -hmm. I already know the answer to this question. Um, so realistically, what could I expect? Um, you know, if I was an inspector, first of all, how many hours a week am I putting in to that business? And if I was, uh, in the starting off a pest control business, and we're going to talk about that Mm -hmm. in just a second, how many hours a week? I'm looking at work life balance. What are we looking at here? Uh,
1: all work, no life.
0: All work, no life. Yeah, okay. pretty much,
1: especially when you're getting it started. Um, so the guy that starts out in, this, in the inspection business, right, he doesn't have any jobs and everything. He needs, to be, he needs to be marketing daily. He needs to be going talking to people. He needs to be driving around. He's got to get a decent truck. You want to, you want to look professional. Right. So, um, you know, he'll probably have some life because he's got no jobs. <laughs> but as soon as, as soon as it starts kicking off, yeah. phone rings at 9 o'clock at night. You may be sitting there watching TV or whatever you're doing. you got to get up. That's the one thing I'll tell any entrepreneur in any mm-hmm. business. Answer the phone. If you don't answer your phone right. within two rings, yep. maybe three, if they have to hang up, yep. they're calling somebody else. Yep. I, I actually had guys that I was trying to inspectors and went, well, I'll give you inspections as they come in and I can't get to them. I'll call you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They don't answer their phone. Right. And Real they know it's you calling. So they know Real it's estate money agents, on the
1: agents. <laughs> Real estate agents. You know, you, I'll get the call at 9 o'clock at night, and they'll be like, oh, i got to have this inspection, you know, tomorrow. And, right. And I'm like, i booked. So I need to have somebody to dump that on. These guys got to answer their phone. If they don't answer their
0: phone, the business just walks away. Yeah, they're going to find somebody else because that realtor wants to close. Real estate agents yeah. are notorious. Right. They
1: don't answer their phone. I'm like, why don't you right. answer your phone? They're waiting on a text because they want to know the answer before they talk to you.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I noticed that with my real estate agent when I bought my <coughs> house last year, I would have to text her. And, yeah. And then she would get back to me.
1: Those agents yeah. for real estate, they're they're supposed to give you at least three um, to choose from. They're not allowed to refer just one. Yeah. Well, they'll give you the buyer that list. Well, they're going to probably call the first one unless they like the name or whatever pops out. Right. Um, they're going to call the first one. You don't pick up. They hang up and call the next one. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've come, I've left my phone in the office, went to the bathroom, come back. Yeah. It rang. I called them right back. Well, oh, we already got somebody else. No, Just, serious. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. So I yeah. have an
0: office assistant uh, yes. who answers the phone. Does a great job, too. <laughs> yeah, Carson's good. Yeah, she does an awesome job. So She always answers the phone when I call hey, over there. Five here's a, a
1: funny one that nobody ever thinks of. So that guy that, you know, he's coming up in the inspection business. He's been in five years. And he's answering the phone. He doesn't have money to pay an assistant, you know, so he's, he's got to do yeah. everything himself. You know, his wife doesn't want to help him because she's too busy. Yeah. So he's doing everything. So he's laying under houses answering the phone. He's in the attic, he's on the roof. Yeah. Um, there was a point where that phone, I had that phone number for 25 years since we had cell phones. I had the same cell phone number. Yeah. I had to give that to Kirsten. Wow! With all my all twenty-five years of contact relationships, and stuff like that, the phone was still ring. They were yes. like, "Hey, this is such and such. Where's Daryl? I haven't talked to him in twelve years." Yes. So she's like, "Well, this isn't his phone right now, but I'll give it to you." Uh, yeah. So she she had, I had to give the whole phone up and get another one so people would stop calling me. Wow! Because I couldn't do inspections and right. talk on the phone, do the admin
0: part. Right? Of it. Yeah, yeah. So very interesting. Yeah, that is a crucial part of business. Is that? Because that's what you are. If you don't have a storefront, there ain't people walking in. Your only communication really is that verbal communication or text mm-hmm. or email. And so you better be on top of it. They, like with emails, you know, I tell my staff, you know, as soon as they email, email them back, get, get the answer, get it back to them. Yep. And uh, so if that's what you want to have, your preferred meaning of, of contact, uh, way of contacting and connecting with your customers, uh, you know, set that precedence, you know, that, okay, we get the email real quick. Uh, if you're not getting the email real quick, your customer's going to call you all day long with yep. little things, and so uh, so you can eliminate a lot of your problems through email or text uh, in that aspect. But in your world on the sales side, yes, I could imagine that. Yeah, at three o'clock in the morning, you're answering. That. <laughs> yeah, just, somebody works night shift. <laughs> I was just thinking about the people that want to get in this business.
1: I would say, <clears throat> you know, deliver pizzas. Yeah. You know, I mean, if if you need some money. Mm-hmm. Find something that you can do off hours or, right. or, or something that's – it's not a career, you know. Right. If you want to get into this, find something that pays the bills that you can – and you can do this during the get day. to answer the phone and, <coughs> yeah, and you have the ability
0: and the freedom to answer Go
1: the to phone. school and everything yeah. else. Yeah. So, I mean, because you're not going
0: to feed your family real quick. Okay. Yeah. So, with the uh, pest control side of things mm. – um, education training background what do you need to get involved in That's pest control That's a lot
1: control? faster. You have to start with a company. You have to okay. be So yeah. it goes apprentice technician and then certified applicator. So you have to you have to actually go be work apprentice. for a pet, pest Correct. control company. Yeah, okay. you have to have somebody sponsor you into pest control. Okay. Bring you in as a apprentice. And uh, it's a lot faster. Okay. On the getting to work because but you're going to be working for somebody else, not yourself. If somebody had their eyes set on managing their own pest control company, uh, the minimum they would have to do is about 14 months. Okay. So you'd have to do your training, get your technician license under another company. Mm-hmm. After one year, you can apply to become a certified applicator. You do that, you pass those tests. Now you're excuse me. Now you're a CA, which certified applicator. Mm-hmm. Now you can apply for a, uh, a license, a business license, on your own. Hmm. So you could get into pest control fairly quickly, uh, and you need to learn anyhow. So if you don't know anything about pest control, you need that 14 months to learn how to do pest control at least. Right. And uh, it's a pretty easy little footprint to be your own pest control guy. Uh, it's about the same amount of uh, money as far as equipment. You need a truck, you need a spray rig. You know. It's not a whole, whole bunch, and you could go out and be – Chris Jones, pest control guy. You are just your own. Right. It's probably a lot easier sell too than in the inspection stuff because it's not a higher level of, of service. It's just killing bugs, right. and it's actually kind of fun. The yeah. business part's challenging because you know again you're trying to feed your family and the hustle. But as far as doing the jobs, they're just you meet people and you kill their bugs. It's,
0: it's right. not that hard. So as far as far as profitability, <coughs> you had mentioned that you took like a, a quarter million dollar loss in the first... That was part. over
1: a few years. It wasn't like over all at once.
0: So, um, just kind of explain to me. I'm curious about that. The was loss because and how that, why why that happened?
1: It was a big mistake of mine because okay.
0: <clears throat> I told you that uh, you know
1: to open your own business you have to be a certified applicator, right? Uh huh. Well, I wasn't. So the pest control thing came about like this. I got a, f- a cold call from a pest control company out of a Waco, and they're like, "Hey, you're an inspector. Have you ever thought about opening a pest control business?" I'm like. Yeah, well, I have. Uh, okay, well. Yeah. I said, call me. He gave me the whole spiel. I said, well, I don't ever make a decision right on the back. I said, call me back money. Let's talk about it again. So he, calls, he was a sales guy for this right. company. Yeah. So he calls me back, and I talked to him, and he tells me the ins and outs and all this other stuff. I said, you know what? That sounds like a pretty good idea. Let me come up there and meet you guys. So I went to Waco, and I met him, and I, I kind of liked, liked the thing. And they, they weren't bad guys. Right. But uh, they weren't big franchisers either. I was their first franchise. Oh, wow. Or their second.
0: So they sold you good. Yeah, they sold me you great. You need to hire that guy. They sold me
1: awesome. <laughs> so I go up there, and I meet. So I didn't have a certified applicator license. All I had was a technician license. Okay. Now, I can own a business, but I can't operate one without a certified applicator. i got to have one you gotta on have staff. you got to have one on staff. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I met a guy up there, and I wound up partnering kind of with him. He didn't have any skin in the game, though. It was all my money. He okay. was, was going to be the applicator. Okay. And he was the guy that was going to go out and do the pest control. Okay. I'm like, oh, great. This is great. I buy it, went out and bought brand new trucks and yeah. all this stuff. And it was really my fault because I didn't stay on top of it. I didn't know what I was doing. I was doing inspections. I was flying helicopters because I was still flying for Life Flight <laughs> at that time. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, well, this is great. I'm going to buy this business. This guy's going to manage it for me. I'm oh, going to do great. Uh, yeah, turnkey you know, operation. Here I am. You know, <laughs> I, at that point, I'm like 80 in debt. You know, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. So over the next couple of years, you know, I tried my best. I'm feeding it money, and he's not the greatest sales guy. He would, he would tell me that right, but I'm not the greatest sales guy. It's like. Man, what I gotta hire a sales guy now? So there was a point where it got to be it's like I can't put any more money into this business. It's a loser. Yeah, I said I got I got to get the, out of this. I just I just can't do it anymore. And they were they were pretty cool. So we gave them back the franchise and what clients we had down here.
0: Right. Like they're like, we'll
1: operate it from Waco. Go ahead, operate it from Waco. Yeah, That's fine. I just want to be gone. Yeah. I get a call about six, eight weeks later, uh-huh. and they're like, listen, you can just have it back. We'll just let you out of all contracts, and you can just take okay. it back. And we'll just be completely, completely. Because there's no way
0: they can manage it from Waco.
1: But I, there was a stack of clients. It wasn't a big stack, but it was like one hundred and twenty-five, one hundred and fifty. Well, they're worth five hundred bucks, five hundred bucks a year. Okay, so there's so, a, yeah, yeah, there's some money th- there. Yeah, yeah. one hundred fifty grand, or uh, seventy-five grand right there. And I'm like, and I did not want to let them down. So my wife was in Hungary at the time. She's from Hungary. Yeah. And I called her, and she had been. She wasn't involved with any of my stuff, really. She had, she had all her other things going on, so she wasn't really involved. And I called her, and I said, they're going to give us the franchise back if we want it. She's like, oh, well, that sounds kind of great. And I said, I'm not going to do it unless you manage it, period. You have to manage it day to day. You're going to be the managing director of the company. Otherwise, we're not going to do it. She's like, I can do that. I said, all right. Okay. So she came back on board, and uh, we picked it back up. We rebranded it under the same license number. So now we're Ambet Pest Control. Okay, and uh, we actually started making money. So okay. that's good, and we've been making money for about the last year. Not a ton, because the margins are kind of small. Okay, um, but on, as a footprint, as you're looking at it, each client, each customer is worth about five hundred a year. Five hundred a year. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ten of them, there's five grand. Hundred of them, is fifty grand. Yeah you know if you get 300 of them there you go yeah. you know it's, it's it's good money half million and half <clears throat> so that's what you want to do is you want to look at it
0: like that okay so looking at that long term once again mm-hmm. and so um to start up the uh, the pest control business, so let's say I've done my fourteen months, I, I graduate high school, I decide this is the career choice go for me. to work for go, working or and, Massey and I'm there for whoever. fourteen months. I go get my license. Mm-hmm. I've spent my twenty I, what twenty four hundred dollars? Is that what it takes to get the licenses for that? Or uh, that, that, was, one's, that was That was yeah, that was inspections. Um, um,
1: they're, they're, whoever you go work for is probably going to pay for your license, okay. and then once you get to be a CA, you may have to pay for that. Okay. Because you're not telling them you're planning on leaving and opening your own business. Right, right, yeah,
0: yeah. So, yeah, you'll never get hired on. You're right. <laughs> so you go work for uh, Orkin or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what is realistically, I mean, I've got a car. You know, mm-hmm. I'm driving. Uh, I'm making the car payment every month. I'm working for Orkin. Um, what other equipment am I going to need or what um, is going to be startup costs? You don't have to go into all the details of all that but stuff.
1: It, uh, you know, besides the vehicle, that's the, the basic expense. The and instance. I would recommend... If you're gonna go into a business, don't go buy some junk car mm-hmm. or truck, you know, and, and roll around and look like you're yeah. not. You're not. Look professional and look good. And a car payment's only 500 bucks a month or whatever it is. A truck payment, right? Uh, the kind of vehicles we drive are four yeah. and 500 bucks a month, right? But it's a nice new vehicle and put stickers on it. So that's your biggest cost. So that's a payment. Rest of the equipment, really not that much. I mean, all you need is products and spray rigs and. If you spend another couple of grand without buying a big rig, say you buy a bigger rig that you put in your truck, which we don't really even use anymore. Right. If you got five grand into it, that's a lot. Okay. Yeah, okay. You could do it for that. I think so, my first rig I bought was like 2200 bucks, and that's one of those that you put in the back of the truck and all that. Yeah. B&G, poles, this, that, equipment. Yeah. If you got five grand, that would be a lot. And you don't have to buy it all at once either. Like right. I said, you can... Kind of piecemeal it, piecemeal it along as, as you're as you get the getting there, getting So yeah,
0: yeah. So cool. So that's a. I mean, that's a very interesting business to get into. I mean, pest control is great. A, it seems very. It seems a lot easier to get involved in and to make money mm-hmm. than to do the inspection side. The inspection side could be looks like it could be. Those very guys up in Waco
1: are probably knocking down two point five a year or something yep. like that. But now yep. they got thirteen trucks. You know, they got mm-hmm. they, they're a bigger operation. But if you're a, a right. one man band, right? This is how you measure it. Those, that one client, has, you have to visit them four times a year once right. you get them established because you're visiting quarterly. Right. Okay, so there's four stops. Right. If you got 100, you got 400 stops. There's right. 100 clients, there's 400 right. stops. Well, how many stops is that a day? 1.2. 1.2, because you got it. And 1.4. that's seven days a week. Right, and seven yep. days a week. But yep. say I want to do three stops a day, I'm not working the weekends and I'm servicing 100 clients. Right. That's how you have to look at it. Yeah, that's how you okay. measure it. It's like I got to visit them four times a year, and I make five hundred bucks a year off of this guy. And just go see how many you can get.
0: Okay, and then uh, you just scalability. You just have to f- hire and license right apprentices under you. And-
1: scalability is, uh, and like I said, don't buy it till you need it. Right. Uh, I'm a single operator. I'm I'm doing right. I'm doing five six stops a day, five days a week. I'm maxed out. I'm mm-hmm. having a hard time taking time off. The phone keeps ringing. Now it's time for a truck and a tech in the in the pest control business, though, truck and tech is it's your income curve starts going up. Mm-hmm. truck and tech, man, it drops down rapidly because you're assuming a guy at thirty or forty thousand dollars a year. you got to give him a new truck, a new rig insurance so insurance stuff, yeah. and then so it'll drops down dra- dramatically because remember you're not making you know if you're knocking mm-hmm. down. If you're grossing hundred grand, you know, and, and keeping sixty, you know, that's good after operating right. cost, because you're you're operating on about a thirty percent margin, thirty to forty percent margin. You're, it drops down dramatically, and you're gonna have to build it back up. You got to get him driving, yeah. Unless you just want time off, right? Yeah. Now he does your
0: routes. No, you have to buy the time off. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're just buying the time off at that point. So. And this me. is
1: good stuff. I'm glad you're doing this because it makes people think right, yeah. and think through their own business plans. And these right. young people should be.
0: Yeah. And, you know and, and uh, you know, and I meet a lot of young folks that, uh, you know, want to do stuff. So what would you, what, what advice would you give to a young, uh, young single individual coming out of high school, thinking about going into pest control? What would you, how would you encourage them to take that scary step?
1: I would say <clears throat> measure it against, measure it against what you know. So if you got an uncle that's, you know, making a million dollars a year because he went through, he had six, you know, six to eight years of college and, and all that, and you're you're 18 years old, and then you got another guy, uh, another uncle that's a roofer, and then, and maybe you know a plumber, and just and look at them, Mm -hmm. and then look how how fast you can get there because becoming a plumber or a plumber would take probably four or five years. I mean they're they're a little harder to get into, or you can just say. Have that goal and have that real vision. And in and, and pest control, if you do A, B, you can get and C, you can get to D relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. So don't let, don't be discouraged by saying, I'm going to commit two, three years to being in business and knocking down 60 or 70 grand a year where my peers are still in college.
0: Right. That may not get a $40,000 a year job getting out. Whatever.
1: Yeah. Is it a marketable skill that they're getting? They're spending right. all this money to do it. They're as soon debt, as they yeah. step out of college, they're in debt and they don't have a job.
0: Yeah.
1: If you spend your time and you grunt it out, service, I completely believe in the service business. And mm-hmm. anything else that requires a license,
2: mm-hmm.
1: licenses are easy to get. I mean, not easy, but you have to commit to cosmetology. Mm-hmm. Any, anything that requires a license You can build a business out of anything that requires a license. Right,
0: because the Fed obviously stepped in at one point and said, you can't just be making money off this and you don't know what you're doing (laughs) because you become dangerous at that point. Yeah, let's
1: put it like this. Um, There's some big inspection firms and big pest control companies Mm -hmm. locally. um, Right. And if I hadn't gone into the military and I'd have known what I know right this second, I'd be a multimillionaire. It it wouldn't have been hard. I'd have a large firm. I'd have a large pest control firm, mm-hmm. you know, like Massey services or something, yep. you know, so it's doable. Right. And if you're a licensed individual, somebody needs your service. Yes. Find those people and figure out how you're going to get to them and what it takes to get there. So the pest control's fairly right. easy footprint. I could write it down.
0: Yes. Yeah, and then um, what advice would you give for uh, a young man, young lady, um, looking to launch their own business and say it's pest control, and they're worried about what their friends would think.
1: Oh, I would say again. I'd say yeah. compare yourself to the people around you, because right. the guys that are going to give you grief are the guys that are in college. Well, I'm in, I'm in college for, whatever. Yeah. I mean, if it's STEM or if you know, if there's if there's a job afterwards, I mean, you're going to be a doctor. I get that part. Right. Yeah. But there's a lot of doctors that don't make as much money as I do, and they were right. in debt, and they work as much, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe will they get there? They might, yeah. but. You know, family practice guys and stuff like that, it's a grind just like everything else. Just because yeah. they got a DR in front of their name doesn't mean yeah. they're happy, doesn't mean they're knocking down a lot of money. It's just be realistic. Right. Uh, d- don't, don't underestimate yourself yeah. that you can get it done because if somebody else has done it, you can do it. Right. That's all there is to it. Keep, yes. keep your nose clean and don't go into big debt to do it because
0: th- th- that's going to be hard because you're digging yourself out of a hole every time. Yes, yeah, sir. Sure. Now you gotta work. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you gotta pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, and that, and and that's one of the things with uh, the young folks. They they're tending to live at home a little longer, mm-hmm. uh, trying to you know trying to grow up and and get themselves out there, and I think that that I mean. Looking back, that would have been a perfect time to start a business because mm-hmm. you got mom and dad Energy, feed, you no have, kids. You, you don't have to be, I mean, you, you're out working. Mom and dad ain't worried about where you're at because mm-hmm. you're out making money. And, and there's
1: no lightning strikes. I, right. I
0: talk to people, you
1: know, oh, we're, we're, in, we're into the digital coins and this and that. Yeah, yeah. And I got these giant eyes. And I said, well, you know, good luck. But, you know, if yeah. they turn the switch off on you, your money's gone. Just right, remember yeah. that. It's, don't Things that take that time get rich, are, <laughs> rich, are worth it. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't not, happen, yeah. and and these businesses are grueling. Yes, pest control is not sitting behind a computer. Right. it's dragging a 150 foot hose around a house, e- <laughs> climbing on roofs and yes. chasing squirrels in attics, and yeah. you know, it, it, it's it's a grind. But you know, at the end of the day, when you get home, you're like, hey, you know what? I went out there, I sweated, I did my job, I put some money yeah. in the bank, and it's worthwhile.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I know that because uh, I have you all at the at the house there to do. Uh, do the pest control mm. and uh it's great to get all them spiders and stuff mm-hmm. out of my garage yeah and do a good job you know <laughs> it's great that i go out there and there's no mosquitoes <laughs> really enjoy that my wife really enjoys it too so nice. yes yeah, sir um so we're getting about uh how about 50 50 minutes into this so um what i like to do is i like to close out our segment with this question okay so if you could put something on a billboard in front of every high school in the United States of America, what would that billboard say, and why?
1: It would. Uh, it would say, "Be realistic." Be realistic. And choose your path wisely. Okay. Um, I think that's it. Because, as a helicopter pilot in the Coast Guard, I used to go talk to high school kids all the time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and in America, the uh, the American dream has kind of been pulled out from under us mm-hmm. in a way it's been sold mm-hmm. essentially yes. home mm-hmm. ownership yeah. two thousand eight yeah. I mean there's just there's so many things about the American dream that have been altered mm-hmm. um, if you look at this isn't the billboard thing, I'm just kind of trying to tell you where I'm coming from mm-hmm. college has been has been um, commercialized yes. It's not about education as much anymore as it is football games and, and money, mm-hmm. believe it or not. And yep. the federal government has subsidized it through the, the student loan program. Mm-hmm. Um, so be realistic. If you're going to study psychology, you really need to know how many jobs are out there for psychology, what mm-hmm. is my, my barriers to entry, and things like that. You don't want to go... Spend $150,000 to get a psychology degree to find out you can't get a job, number one, and you really don't like that. Mm-hmm. So I would say be realistic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't go into debt and find your own path to, to the money, you know, essentially, and do it early. Right. Because so many people wanna go, and it, it's middle class and higher class have a harder time with this being realistic because they have means or they, they've been taught, you're gonna go to college. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying college is bad, but a larger percentage of the college degrees and college graduates are bad. I know guys that are certain delivering pizzas that have degrees. Yes. And they're like, well, can I come to work for you? It's like, be realistic. That's what I, be realistic. That's be probably realistic. the tagline. Be realistic, choose wisely. Get, do a job that's got a license if you don't have anything else. <laughs> I digress back. But when I used to talk to those uh, high school guys, I would go and i say, if you got college paid for and, and that's your goal and, and you're not, you can just go do that, go do that. Yeah. But if you're, if you're in the 12th grade, in the middle of the 12th grade, you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do and I don't have any money and my parents don't have a bunch of money and I don't want to go into debt. Well, that's, that's kind of where I was. I was like, I knew I was going to have to work. Yeah. One way or the other, I was going to have to work. I said, "Well, I'll join the Coast Guard and I'll go work for a few years, learn what I'm doing, get paid to learn, right. and you know, get some college bene- or get some benefits, and then get out." Well, I never really got out, right? Because I just kept on doing better things in there and became a pilot and stuff. But you can join the military, or you can make a decision to get into something that has a realistic goal, kind of a short. Right. Because if you if say you do pest control for that 14 months. Because you had this goal of being a pest control owner owner a company. Right. And you find out you really don't like pest control, then you can do something else. You've only got 14 months and you got paid to learn. Right. So go do something else. But if you commit to college and you do two years and you figure out you don't like whatever it is, basket weaving, here you are at 20 years old or 21 or whatever you are, you got some debt and you still don't have a marketable skill. Right. Yeah. And, you don't, and you're not prepared for a business because yeah, you don't making, know what you're doing anyhow.
0: Yeah, you might be making a mortgage payment and you don't mm-hmm. have any income coming yeah, in. Be so. realistic, set a yeah. good goal that's attainable, like and like don't it. go in debt. I like it. I like it so. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us your wisdom. Anytime. I've really enjoyed having you today, and I think that uh, our listeners will very much be appreciative of. I got to go do pest control. You got to do pest control, (laughs) and then I got to go do
1: an inspection, and then another inspection. There you go.
0: There you go. So yeah, uh, at the end of the day, it's about how much money you're going to make. True. It it, it really is. it, It. People with
1: money don't want to hear that.
0: Yeah. People that don't have money. Oh, they get it. I know. I, I like what uh, what Pitbull said one time. He said, "Thank you for the award, but my kids can't eat awards." That's right. You can have all the degrees on medals on your wall that you, your kids okay. can't eat those. I like to tell uh, people yeah. the only
1: color that matters to me is green. Green. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's true.
0: So, well, I mean that's that's what uh, that what's what creates your your living your lifestyle. Everything uh, falls down to that, that end goal of money. I mean, and
1: real quick about these two businesses we were talking uh, about. Yeah.
0: I see all different people at a
1: certain time in their life when they're buying a house, Yeah, especially with the inspections. And then they always turn into pest control people. Yeah, They're always happy. They're, well, most of them are happy, but it's always a, a good time. So you're interacting with people when they're doing something really good in their life, mm-hmm. yes. as opposed to life flight. I was involved with people when they're worst really, yeah. worst day of their yeah. life. Yeah. These are good yeah. times, and, and you, everybody's the same, believe it or not. I yes. deal with Africans, people from India. I mean, all you name mm-hmm. it. I, mean, I can't even yep. name them all day to day. And it, it's good to glean their culture, and they're always happy to see me, and yeah. I'm always happy to see them. Yeah. So it's it's been really great. Even during the COVID, I was we were still out there, we were essential, so we were doing our job the whole time. Good,
0: good. So COVID didn't knock all that out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, good deal, good deal. Well, thank you once again, Daryl, for being on here with us. Yes, I sir. Really appreciate My it. And so, if you uh, if somebody wanted to get in contact for um, the pest control side, what, what number would they call? Or
1: well, really, uh, if they just go to myamvetco.com. Uh, or just type in AmVet company, it should come up. But my AmVet Co., and it gives them a, a little tree. They can select pest control or they can select inspections because that's our umbrella.
0: Okay. And if there's realtors out there uh, that are interested in the inspection side? Yeah, they can they show, can
1: still go there and,
0: and get a hold of me. Okay. Here. All right. So either way, yeah. so through the AmVet Co., uh, yeah, dot com myamvetco.com myamvetco.com alright well thank you once again listeners for being part of the uh, career library hope this segment helped you out if you haven't hit the subscribe button I'd encourage you to do that to follow our show if you're on YouTube please smash that like button so that uh, our show will be promoted through the Google alg- algorithm and this is Chris Jones signing off
2: I got money busting out the money clip make a call and another lick. yeah 10 piece to a 20 quick. I got money busting out the money clip. Make a call and hit another lick. Someone get the money counter, I can keep a thumb in it. Turn the 10 piece to a 20 quick. I got money busting out the money clip. Make a call and hit another lick. Someone get the money counter, I can keep a thumb in it. Okay, I'ma hit for 20 off a laptop. In a Zoom meeting, making money as my backdrop. Ballpoint bass hit harder than a slap shot. I'ma baby her around me like I'm Epcot. Whoa, whoa. I've been doing road on the go, go Get a bag and flip it, that's for sure If it's show, show, I was never talking about rent Turn it down and go get you some money Turn the 10 piece to a 20 quick I got money busting out the money clip Make a call and hit another lick Someone get the money counter, I can keep on thumbing it Turn the 10 piece to a 20 quick I got money busting out the money clip Make a call and hit another lick Someone get the money counter, I can keep Eyes on the money, my brothers got my back Streets move funny, so I been holding strap Not playing defense, we been on the attack Plotting the scheme and how we gon' get it back Cause I all on you, but you can't buy the swag No Miri's, those foo I can see the tack You can bet if I spend in this, cause I get it back I'm 5G, a dollar, I can see the lack all I ever wanted was to have it all Got close, never froze, had to risk it all As a little boy, I wish I was a little tall Never made the league, I find other ways to so let me ball Turn a 10 piece to a 20 quick I got money busting out the money clip Make a call and hit another lick Someone get the money counter, I can keep up coming in Turn a 10 piece to a 20 quick I got money busting out the money clip They could call it another lick Someone get the money kinda, I can keep on thumbing it